All right, come on, y'all give our online audience a hand clap for being with us this morning. Welcome, you guys. And man, we just watched uh, a testimony video, video from one of our elders, Elder Tony. And uh, let me tell you, and, he, and if you're watching online, I know you didn't get a chance to see it. We'll post it later on. But he was talking about some of the pressures that we face in our life and how to overcome those pressures where God used the situation in his job to birth out his own practice as a CPA. And you never know, you, the, one of your worst days can turn into the biggest blessing of your life because God uses the pressure uh, of the things around us to get the very best inside of us to come out. It's already inside of us, but God uses pressure to birth those things out. And we're in a uh, sermon series entitled Pressure. Y'all say pressure. And today we're talking about pressure, but self-pressure. Self-pressure. And all of us feel a self-pressure. And yesterday, some of the men from church, we went bowling yesterday. And instantly, I felt a self-pressure when we went bowling because I realized I hadn't bowled in, a, in years. And I forgot how to bowl. And it was, a, it was a pressure that came over, but it was a fun pressure, when, especially when we saw Elder Tony with that perfect form look like a professional bowler. I'm telling y'all, his form was so smooth. It was smooth as silk. When he would, like, uh, somebody said, you, you couldn't even hear the ball roll down the lane. It was so smooth. <laughs> his form was so smooth. And, man, I'm telling you, we had a great time yesterday hanging out uh, with the men of the church. And uh, we're going to hang out really soon again. I feel like um, we did bowling. But I think next time we should play some spades. I think I think uh, some spades, a spades tournament. What y'all think about some spades tournament? This is for the men. Now, I'm sorry, ladies. Y'all have to do y'all own thing. This is for the men. And if you don't know how to play spades, that's okay. You can serve the food. Uh, but, um, but you can still be invited as well. But we're going to have us <laughs> a good time. Uh, I'm joking, but I'm for real. But that's the pressure. So if you feel the pressure, then you need to learn how to play some spades in between now and the tournament when it starts. <laughs> because I don't think your partner will be happy and you will feel all their pressure. <laughs> but today, we're talking about uh, self Pressure. Y'all say self-pressure. Man, pressure is real. Some of you may have walked into church with some pressure on some situations that you felt today or this week or you've been walking through. And you're like, man, I just feel all this pressure. I don't know what to do. And guess what? I want to make it as simple as I can this morning. Now, when you talk about self-pressure, you could go a million different directions. There's so many different areas that we could talk about from here until eternity about the pressures that we all individually face. But I wanted to break it down uh, in simple form today to say, how can we really break this down to help each other this morning? And if you want to, you could download our app if you haven't already. Uh, we have all the notes here on our app where you can follow along. But we're going to read our main verse and then we'll pray. Our main verse for this series comes from 1 John 4, 4. It says, you are God, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I want you to remember that in your sleep. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the what? The world. And because we know that God is inside of us, he lives on the inside of us, he gives us the strength to overcome what? Anything. It's not a trick question. He gives us the power to overcome any and everything because we know that he lives on the inside of us. So let's just pray and then we'll jump right into it this morning. Holy Spirit, we thank you today for being with us here uh, in this Sunday morning as we deal with the topic of self-pressure. Open up our eyes today to receive from you. I bind the thief, the enemy that will try to come and distract or hinder what you're speaking, speak clearly to us today and give me the words uh, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to simplify and to clearly state, Lord God, the things that you would like for the Spirit to say today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, when we talk about self-pressure, I feel like at some point or another, maybe you've reached the point where you passed this, but I'll share a story that lets me know that usually this is not a pressure point that goes away. But for some people, you might not be in this stage. And if it's not for you, there's still some information for you to learn in there too. But the, fresh the first pressure point 
that I feel like we face or we can face or that we deal with is the pressure of finances. The pressure of finances. Because every month that car note is coming. Every month that mortgage or that rent is coming. Every month that credit card bill is coming. That, sell, that medical bill, whatever it is, you know the date that is coming. And sometimes you're trying to calculate and you're trying to work things out. Okay, I know it's coming here, so if maybe if I could move this around and then switch some things up and maybe if I could call them to see if I could push this back a little bit. And you feel all the pressure, but you're trying to work it out because you feel the pressure of finances. And some of you, man, you feel like, man, if I just had more money, boy, that would just take care of everything, but not necessarily. And I used to think that, too, until I had this encounter. And I think I may have shared this before. So if you heard it, just bear with me. I was working at a bank one time. And there was a couple that came in that they had some financial pressure. And they said, uh, sir, we would like to come and apply for a loan. And through the uh, information process, gathering information from them, uh, I asked the husband, I was like, okay, so what's your monthly income? He said, 25000 I said, uh, come again? I said, not yearly, monthly. Oh, yeah, 25000 Oh, okay, 25000 okay, we'll write that down. Then I went through his information, and I went to the wife. Okay, ma'am, so what's your monthly income? Uh, 25000 I said, wait, wait. I'm not saying this out loud. I'm thinking this to myself now. So y'all make 50000 a month, and y'all still have financial pressure, and y'all need help? But they were living above their means. And that you could look on their face that they were feeling some pressure. And I can even sense some pressure in their marriage. Because they were, they, even though they made $50,000 a month, they still had the pressures of finances on them. So it doesn't matter how much money you make, which tax bracket you're in. If you don't manage your money well, guess what? You're going to feel some financial pressure. And so God has called us to be great stewards over everything that he has given us. But this is the thing. If you feel financial pressure today, this is what I need you to know, that God wants you to prosper in your finances. You have to know that God wants you to prosper in your finances. He does not want you to live in lack. So if you say, well, this is God punishing me. No, that's not God punishing you. God wants you to prosper in every area of your life. In 3 John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. It says that may you prosper in what? All things. And the last time I checked, all means all. So finances is a part of that all. And God wants you to prosper in your finances. And the way that we overcome uh, pressures of finances, the first thing we have to do is we have to defeat mammon. We have to defeat mammon. What does that mean? You can't serve both God and money. Because sometimes the pressures of finances that we feel is agreed to want more money. And we always figuring out scheming ways. How can I make a little bit more money? What can I do on the side to earn a little bit more money? And the next thing you know, you have five, six different jobs and you don't even have time to spend the money that you make. Because you, you feel the pressures of, I got to have more. I, I, I got to get a little bit more. I got to get a better car. I got to get a bigger house. I got to get a better. And we ser you can't serve both God and money. So I know that if God wants me to prosper in all things, then that means I just have to do the things and be a great steward of what he's given me and that he will cause me to prosper. I don't have to strain or feel the pressure of that. I know that he will help me prosper in all things if I'm a great steward of, what, of the resources that he's given me. So how do I do that? That means this. Sometimes you might have to minimize your stuff. What does that mean? That means that I have to take an inventory of everyday life and see if I have enough to, to, to survive on. Because sometimes if you just take inventory of what you have, you'll realize you have enough. But because of comparison, you always feel like I have less than. You start comparing your bank account or your situation to somebody else's, and then the enemy can use that to say, well, you don't have as much as this person, so you're in lack. And you start to, well, you know what? My car isn't. Is not, I hadn't had a new car in 30 years, or I, I hadn't had a new this in I don't know how long. And the comparison starts to seek in, and you can feel like I'm in lack. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, it says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, 
whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. What is God saying to us? Don't worry. Don't stress. Don't feel the pressure of those things because I will provide those things for you. And when God is the tr- and God, when God is truly your source, though you may see the, the, the things that you feel like you may want, he will provide all that you need. And as long as all of your needs are met, guess what? You're living in a blessed life. Now, everybody has wants, but not all wants are good for you. How many times did you think you wanted something and you got it and you're like, well, this wasn't as good as I thought it was. This, this, what, this not as cracked up as what I wanted to be. But God says that he will supply all of our needs. And to take the pressures of finances away, we could go a little bit further. How do we do that? This means that we build margin. What does that mean? That means we get rid of bad debt, such as credit cards, student loans, and any high interest loans that we may have. Get rid of bad debt. Don't just go swipe, swipe, swipe. We need to eliminate the debt. Amen. And this is a word that most people don't like. They feel like it's poor. No, it's not. It's you need to live on a budget. Oh, budgets are for poor people. No, budgets are for rich people. How do you think they keep their money? Because they know how much they have. They know what's coming in and what's going out. And they say, you know what? I know what I can afford, and I'm not living above my means. That's how they keep their money. But if you never keep inventory, you never know what you have because it's always going out. And then you look up, well, I, th- I, just, I just got paid. Where all my money go? Why? But you're not keeping inventory. But a budget helps you keep inventory of what you have. 61% of Americans don't have a budget. 61% of, so what is that? They just living on a wing and a prayer. Oh, but I just got paid. It's time to go to mall. Oh, but I just got paid. It's time to go out to eat. Oh, but I just, and you just blow through the check and, t- and you're waiting around. Oh, I, let me see. Today's the, the 6th. I get paid again on the 15th. I think, Lord, I just pray I can make it to the 15th. And we're just waiting on the next check to come around because you done blew through the other one, your check in two days. Why? Because we don't have a budget. A budget is not a financial diet, but a smart plan for your financial future. A budget is for your future. Because if you can budget what you have now, and God says that you're a great steward of what you have now, guess what? He'll give you even more because he realized, I can trust you. And a budget is a smart way to say, this is where I am. Maybe you have some financial goals or where you want to go. Start with a budget. Begin to budget and, and factor in things that, that you have and ways to eliminate debt. And then when you free up some income, save, put more into savings or add that to, to eliminate more debt, but create a financial plan through a budget to help you manage what you currently have right now. And I've mentioned this before, live below your means. Do you spend more than 100% of your income, meaning that it's already gone before it comes in? But I love this verse in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 through 10 in the Passion Translation. It says, glorify God with all your wealth. Honoring him with your first fruits, with every increase that comes to you, then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings. Not just your finances, it says every dimension of your life will overflow. That means every part of your life. That means your relationships. That means your health. That means anything that you can, every dimension of your life will overflow with blessing. But what's the key to that? You have to have seed in the ground. And what you say, Pastor, what's the seed in the ground? The seed in the ground is your tithe. Because we know there's seed, time, and harvest. But if you don't have seed in the ground, the tithe is your seed. You say, well, how, how do I live the blessed life and how does every dimension of my life become blessed? It's through the tithe. It's a simple principle, yet a lot of people don't believe in the tithe. You say, well, how do you know? Because not everybody practices the tithe. But it is a simple, is it a commandment? No, it's not a commandment. It's a principle that works. And it also works with a promise. God gives us a promise. He says, put him to the test in the tithe. The 10% of your first fruits, meaning 10% of your gross, you give that to God, guess what? Every dimension of your life will be blessed. I'm a living testament of that, that every dimension of my life is blessed because I put seed in the ground. But if you don't have seed in the ground, you can't look to God and say, God, why haven't you blessed me? Because God said, where's the seed? Where's the investment that I can pour into 
to, over time to expand the increase that you put in the ground. But if there's no seed in the ground, guess what? We'll always feel the financial pressures. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to make it this month. And this is not to, to, to uh, discourage you. This is to encourage you to say that there is hope because God does want you to prosper. I'm just giving you the key to doing that. It's the seed. It's the tithe. That's how you overcome. That's how every dimension of your life is blessed and prospering through your finances. So to help eliminate the pressures of finance, I just want to encourage you, put seed in the ground. Put seed in the ground. What is, that's the tithe. I'm telling you. If there's nothing else that I know about serving God, I know this. If you faithfully give your tithe to God, he will bless your finances in every area of your life. Because you will look up and you say, how in the world did we make it through this stretch? Because you put seed in the ground. And God's word does not come back null or void. If he says put him to the test and he will pour out a blessing that you can't contain, guess what he will do? Pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. But you have to do it by faith. And when you do it by faith, you have seed in the ground. God will bless every dimension of your life. Amen? Amen. So the first pressure that we feel, usually everybody, is the pressure of finances. Because you feel like if I could just get past my finances, everything else is great. But then here comes another pressure that we all feel. And I just brought it down to this one word, but there's several things under this one word. The pressure of development. The pressure of development. God uses his creative power to use pressure to develop what is already inside of us to maturity. So God already, there's already things inside of us that God has birthed from us from a little baby. But he uses pressure to birth those things out of us so they could come out in full maturity. But the only way he does that is through pressure. So that means this, we can't run from pressure situations. Because God is using that pressure to birth something inside of you that's already there that he wants to come to full maturity. So that's why some situations you feel like you can overcome, but then certain situations you feel like you can't is because it's not in the full maturity. You may have a partial understanding of what you're walking through, but because you abort the pressure or you try to eliminate the pressure or the pain, God says, well, I can't birth it until full maturity. So now you can't fully overcome like I want you to because you've aborted the pressure. I just want everybody to raise your hand and say, I love pressure. Who loves pressure? I don't see one hand in the room. Because we try to run from pressure. Anytime we feel stress or anxiety, oh, no, that's the devil. Oh, no, get behind me. We don't want to feel no pain. We don't want to feel pressure. When we feel like the walls are closing in, it's, oh, no, God, I know you see this situation. God, what are you going to do to take this pressure off of me because I'm not supposed to live like this. I'm a child of God. No, God said, no, I'm putting that pressure on you because I'm trying to birth something out of you. But what do we do? We run from it. And all it is is the pressure of development because God is trying to develop something inside of us that's already there. So what are things that God is trying to develop inside of us that we feel the pressure from? The first thing that he tries to birth inside of us to maturity that's already inside of us that, 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 that we feel the pressure on is discipline. All of us know right from wrong because God, he gives us the ability to distinguish right from wrong. But what we have to do is to develop a discipline to know what we should do and what we shouldn't do. But we feel the pressure when we try to put things in what? In order. When you know things are chaotic around you and you have to put it in order, there's a pressure that comes on you because you realize that some things have to change. And when you feel like just thinking about it right now probably puts pressure on your mind. Oh, I'm stressed out just time. I don't even know where to start. Where do, where do I even start? This is how you start. How do you discipline yourself? Start with daily routines. The easiest and simplest way to begin to develop discipline in your life is just to start with a daily routine. Every day that you wake up, have a routine. Well, pastor, what's the routine? I don't know. That's your routine. That's for you to figure out. But start with a daily routine. You know, nobody knows your schedule better than you. So you know the time frames that you have. Start with a daily routine. Well, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to get out of bed and drink my coffee. 
okay, that, that's, that's the start of a routine. And then after I drink my coffee, maybe I'll eat some breakfast or I'll read my word or I'll do this or I'll exercise or I'll walk or whatever it is. Just start with a daily routine and just start there and develop a daily routine because what it helps you do, it brings order to your life. But if you wake up every morning and everybody every morning is just just out, out I don't know what today's going to bring. It's like you taking the day as it comes. No, you need to go into the day and say, no, day, I'm attacking you, day. You're not attacking me. But we getting attacked by days. It's, it, who you wake up, what day is it? It's Thursday already. I don't even know what happened. Why? There's no daily routine. But when you have a daily routine, instead of waking up in the morning, I got to go to this place again. It's no there's an excitement and a joy on the inside of you because you have established a daily routine. Also, when it comes to the things of God, uh, develop a daily devotion. I'm telling you, a daily devotion will bring so much order and peace to your life because you know, no matter what happens throughout my day, when I get into the word of God, into the presence of God, everything else around me, is uh, it, it, it flows away. It, it flees. I'm not thinking about that. And an instant peace and calms come over me when I'm in my daily devotions. And you know, when you di- and you're disciplined in your daily devotions and things going on in chaos around you, you can always look back to your daily devotions and say, am I being consistent in my devotions to the Lord? I know for me, if things are going around, I'm like, you know what? Have I been consistent in my daily devotions? And if things are going around me that's causing my emotions and, and my ad- attitudes and my thoughts to go crazy. I'm like, I need to get back on my daily devotions. Something is off. But you have to discipline yourself and start there to develop the disciplines of daily devotions and daily routines. What are also some pressure points in development? It's knowing who you are. And this is a big one. Some people never really take the time to develop who they are. They just live life through, this is who I am. And you say, well, who are you? I don't really know. They never really take the time to allow pressure situations to develop and strengthen who they are. Because most people, I don't, I didn't, I guess this is something I should have researched, but most people live in insecurity. They don't really live in the fullness of who God created them to be because they never took time to develop themselves in the presence of God. So they think more about their insufficiencies than they do about what God speaks about them. And the more time you focus on what you're not than what God says from you, you'll continue to walk in your insecurities. And your insecurities come out in so many different ways. And usually the way the insecurities come out is through your language. Because insecurities will make you say some crazy stuff, some wild stuff. And usually it comes out in the form of trying to make yourself sound better than what you really are. And you'll begin to put other people down to make yourself feel better because of your insecurities. Well, you know, they hadn't been saved as long as me. So, And, it's a, and there's a, could come a, a spiritual insecurity, too, where you feel like, well, I need to proceed that, to, to present more of the, the Bible. I, well, I know these scriptures, and they hadn't been saved as long as I have, so, so, so they should be doing this. And, you know, I didn't ask you about how much you know. I, should, I would know how much you know by the life that you live and the changes that are in your life. When there's true change in your life, it's obvious you can see the change. You don't have to keep saying it. People that are truly changed, they don't always talk about it. You just see the change. But people that are insecure, they always have to talk about what they have, but they really don't have it. Because they're not confident in who God has spoken to them. A big key to knowing who you are is to take self-assessments and identifying insecurities. So instead of just trying to mask your insecurities, you have to say, what are my insecurities? And I need to, I need to give these to God and allow the Lord to take these insecurities away. Now, first of all, why do I feel these insecurities? Where do these insecurities come from? And allow the Lord to bring healing to overcome. All insecurities are, are a lack of development in my relationship with God. So any area that, that you feel an insecurity is simply just a lack of development in that area in your relationship with God. Because when God speaks something to you, when the master speaks something to you, there's a confidence that comes on the inside of you. 
There's a security that comes on the inside of you. There's a boldness that comes on the inside of you. And when the enemy tries to come at you with lies, no, I know what the king has spoke over me. So I, I reject that thought, enemy. I reject that, that lie, enemy. And you begin to call it out. But when you, there's a lack of development in that area from the Lord, you don't know where to go to. But your insecurities, well, maybe I'm not smart. Well, maybe, maybe I can't do this. Maybe, and all those insecurities come creeping back. But we have to make sure we develop ourselves in the presence of God. Insecurities will cause you to say some wild things. You know, there was this couple that Tamara and I worked with before, and now I'm talking about switching gears here. About I'm still talking about insecurities, but I'm talking about spiritual insecurities now. Because spiritual insecurities are a big thing. It's when you feel like you should be further along in your relationship with God, but you try to mask it with spiritual talk by saying the right thing, knowing the right thing to say. It's like, yes, you can say the right thing, but are you living the thing that you're saying? And there was this couple and this lady, she had this ministry. It was a great ministry that she did where she had a heart for single mothers and battered women. And I'm telling you, this was a great ministry. But the thing was, the ministry began to become unhealthy because she devoted her all and give her all to the ministry and started to neglect other things as well. And so much so that she began to make comments about her husband saying that, well, my husband, he isn't as spiritual as me or he, he doesn't know as much as me because he, 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 he doesn't know about prayer. But, but the husband was the one that was funding everything. He was a bigger part, biggest part as her because he was the one that was funding it. But her mom, because he wasn't the one praying with the ladies, which that's a good thing he wasn't praying with the ladies in their state. They needed to be around other strong women. But because she wasn't, he wasn't praying with them or he wasn't in the day-to-day with them, she felt he wasn't as spiritual as her because he didn't have a heart for ministry. And in every situation, she would begin to throw him under the bus. Well, he, he doesn't know the scriptures like I do. He, he, he doesn't pray like I do. He doesn't seek the Lord and hear from the Lord. Like I'm like, but this man is funding the ministry. And all it was was come to find out there were so many insecurities that she had, and it was coming out in spiritual talk. And it came out in the form of downplaying people around her. So anytime she felt a threat to someone that was coming for her spot or whatever, then she would feel insecure and begin to blast on those people. And begin to speak negatively about those people because of the insecurities inside of her. So what am I saying? We have to get a grip on our insecurities. Because insecurities will take you out. God will place you in some great situations. But first he's saying, I need the insecurities to come out. So you can be confident in who I called you to be to, to fulfill everything that I have for you. But until those insecurities come out, I can't give you the fullness of what I have for you. And all of us, in some way or fashion, battle insecurities. No one is exempt. So don't feel like, well, I'm the only one. No, you're not. All of us have insecurities. That's why it's important for us to develop ourselves in the presence of God and allow those pressure moments when we feel, when we want to run. Usually the moments that you run and run from pressure is what God is trying to use to get those insecurities out of you. But we do everything that we can to, I don't want the pain. I don't want the pressure. It's not supposed to be this hard. It's supposed to be easy to serve you. When did he say that? When did God ever say that? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in what? Why didn't he say my power works best in your strength? Because if that were the case, why would you need God? He says my power works best in what? So instead of boasting about how strong you are, you need to boast about how weak you are because he says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I gladly say, God, I can't handle this. I need you to help me. And you know what he does? He gives me the power to overcome. But as long as I try to mask up, oh, I got this. This doesn't bother me. This doesn't affect me. Then guess what? Then I'm boasting in my own strength that eventually I will wear myself slap out trying to shoulder this in my own strength. And you could, you could keep on and say, oh, I'm strong. I got this. Well, go ahead in your strength. I'm going to boast in my weakness because I need his strength. And because if he is the one that gives me the strength, guess what? I can always go back to his strength because his strength never runs out. 
My strength, eventually, it will run out. I will get tired. I will get weary. I will get upset. And I will get angry. But with his strength, it never runs dry. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Boast in your weakness, not to other people, but to God. Oh, I'm just weak. No, not, don't go complaining to other people. Boast in your weakness to God. Cry out to God. God, I need you. God, this situation is taking me under. I need your strength. Guess what? In his, your weakness, he will give you the strength to overcome. Boast your weakness in Christ. Amen. The third thing that God wants to develop in us when it comes to the pressure development is an overcoming spirit. An overcoming spirit. There's, you know, sometimes people just have a defeated spirit. As soon as a challenge arises, oh, that's too much. It's, it's like we were talking about sports yesterday in the car. Like, how come some players, they when it's a big moment, in, like in a, uh, in a game or something, some players, they play their best. And then some players, they shrink back. Why? Because it's something on the inside of them doesn't realize that they can overcome the moment. And that's how we do with life. Sometimes we allow the pressures of life to overcome us. Instead of facing the one that has overcome the world, the scripture that we read, to say, I know who's inside of me. He's going to give me the strength to overcome this. So God is trying to develop an overcoming spirit inside of us. But the only way that you can overcome things is you have to walk through things. But what do we want to do? We want to run from things. Anything that causes stress, anything that causes something to make you uncomfortable, anything that causes pain, we want to run from because this can't be God. Like Elder Tony said, oh, no, this can be the plans of God. No, it is the plans of God. He uses pressure and pain to birth things inside of you that's already inside of you to maturity. We have to be willing to say, God, I'm going to overcome this, but not in my own strength, by your strength. And he wants to develop an overcoming spirit inside of you. First John chapter four, verse four, it says, you of, of God, little children have overcome them because he is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That's our main scripture. How do we overcome? By knowing the one that's inside of us. When you know the one that is inside of you, he will help you come any and every situation that you face because he has called us to be overcomers, not subcomers, not runners. He didn't call, you run from sin, but you don't run from overcoming. That's the only thing he, run from sin, don't run from problems. Because he uses the pain and the pressure of those problems to birth and to build something inside of us. Overcoming spirit. The fourth thing is spiritual endurance. And development, the pressures of development is spiritual endurance. We have to develop a spiritual endurance that continues to hunger for the presence of God. This is something you have to develop, a spiritual endurance. A spiritual endurance doesn't just come. You have to be very intentional about building your spiritual endurance because there's nothing inside your flesh that will always cause you to want to draw to the presence of God. There's nothing that you're in your flesh that will cause you to want to run to read your Bible. There's nothing in your flesh that will cause you to want to run to prayer. You have to develop a spiritual endurance but part of that development and that pressure that you feel is your flesh saying don't do it and when it goes back to an overcoming spirit you have to learn how to develop a spiritual endurance and not only that but when you get in the presence of God to learn an endurance to keep you engaged because you could be engaged for five minutes and then after five minutes you're like oh I don't know what to do now Ooh, this is a long time man how much time we got another 45 minutes Whoo. What, what is that? That's a lack of a spiritual endurance. I can't tell you how many times I get in the presence of God and I'm like, wow, it's over already? What is that? Because you, when you begin to develop a hunger and a spiritual endurance for the things of God, you can't get enough of it. But it doesn't just come overnight. There's going to be a pressure that comes when you develop that because the enemy will do everything he can to get you to make every excuse of why you shouldn't be there. He will do everything he can. And what do we do here at our church? We love to make it simple for you to get to the presence of God. And there's many forms that we do that. We do that on Wednesday night prayers. Every Wednesday night, except for the first Wednesday when it's life group, we have prayer here at 630 for one hour. It's a great way to build your spiritual endurance. 
We, this past Wednesday, we had life groups. That's another way to build your spiritual endurance by getting around other believers to help encourage you and strengthen you in your walk. Also, Sunday services, Sunday mornings. Now, all three of these things that I'm talking about, think about how many times the enemy try to throw excuses at you for why you shouldn't be in the building. Oh, you had a long night. You tired. Just sleep in. You had a long day. You could catch the next one. Oh, you, you're not feeling that well. Well, if you're not feeling well, depending on what kind of feeling you well you're doing, if it's, a, if it's sickness and, and you, contagious, you stayed away. But if it's just I don't feel good because I'm tired, you need to push through that. If it's, oh, I just got a little back pain, well, guess what? Your back pain could get healed in the presence of God. Maybe God is showing you that your back's hurt, cause hurt so you could get in his presence so he can heal you. Oh, my, I'm not, oh, my body's just a little sore. Maybe he's trying to get you in his presence so he can bring healing. You ever think about that? Probably not, because that's not how the, our mind works. Our mind works for, I want comfort. Oh, I'm already in the bed. I don't feel like getting out. I already got settled for the night. I don't want to get back up and go to prayer. Oh, it's Sunday morning. I think I'm going to just stay in the bed and watch it online and then go eat me a little brunch. And we could come up with every excuse of why we don't want to run and build our spiritual endurance. But you have to be intentional. And again, I'm not picking on you. I'm just trying to help you overcome the pressures that you feel. Because all of us feel the pressure. Hey, I'm the pastor of the church. Sometimes like, man, it's Wednesday night already? And not that I don't want to be there. It's just it's so much going on. I'm like, wow. It, I, okay, let me, let me shake myself and, and focus in on, on the presence of God because we can get caught up in the things of life. And you could get so just one-tracked and, and going through life that you forget that, hey, what about my spiritual endurance? Have, am I developing, my, as I'm developing everything else, am I developing a spiritual endurance? Or another word to say is a spiritual hunger for the presence of God. I need a spiritual hunger for the presence of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 4 says, We can rejoice too when we run into troubles or problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Endurance is something you have to develop, y'all. It don't just happen. You have to be intentional. And even beforehand, you have to make up in your mind, I'm not making any excuses. I will be in the building. Because we all have options. That's God. He gives us the free will to make our own choices. But the thing is, when you truly say, God, I want you and I need you, you, every excuse, you say, I'm not giving in to that excuse. I'm going to be in the presence of God. Amen? And the last thing on the spiritual development, or pressure of development, is this, is preparation. It's preparation. The Holy Spirit uses pain to prepare you for what's to come. The Holy Spirit uses pain to prepare you for what's to come. So whatever pain that you feel right now is to prepare you for what's to come. So how you deal with the pain that you experience right now will determine how you, do, how you uh, respond to what's coming in the future. So if you're running from the pain that you're experiencing right now, in the future, guess what you're going to do? You're going to run. Because God is saying, I'm, I'm trying to prepare you for what's to come. But if you aren't developing and preparing for what's to come, guess what? When it's time to come, you, you're not going to be ready for it. Uh-oh, I don't know what to do. I'm confused. I, I don't know what to do. You know the, the, uh, the story of the, the uh, ten uh, bridegrooms, five were wise, five were foolish? Five of them were prepared. The, brides, the five were prepared. They had their lamps. They had their oil. And the five foolish ones, they say, oh, we have time. We'll just run and get some oil. And, and, and when we come back, we'll be ready. No. But they didn't know that the bridegroom came. And it was too late. So what am I saying? God uses right now the pain that we experience right now to prepare us for what's to come. So you have to look at your situation that you're in right now and say, God, what are you trying to prepare inside of me? What are you using in this situation right now that I'm facing to prepare me for what's to come? Because there is something to come. There will always be something to come. As long as you're on this earth, there's always going to be something to come. There's something in the future. 
but he uses the now to prepare us for our future. So we have to make sure that am I developing and in, in using this pain that I feel now to prepare me for the future? Because if not, you know what's going to happen? We're going to make excuses. We're going to get mad. We're going to get bitter and angry at God because of the pain, because we don't embrace the pain. It's not supposed to be this hard, God. If you really love me, you wouldn't allow me to walk through this. I'm supposed to be, and we could come up with every excuse and every argument and question God, get mad at God. But he says, have you ever thought that I'm trying to use this pain to birth something new inside of you? We just have to receive it. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 13, it says, dear friends, don't be surprised by the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing the glory when it is revealed to all the world. Don't be surprised by the fiery trials you are going through. That is a clear warning in the word. But we get so surprised when we walk through difficulty. I can't believe this happened. Well, why can't you believe it? I, I, I just don't understand why all this keeps happening to me. Well, maybe God is trying to birth something and use this to point something out to prepare you. It's all a preparation shift. Like Elder Tony in this video said, God, why am I walking through this? Because he's trying to birth a business inside of you. That's what I'm trying to do. Why, why am I, because I need, Tony, there's a business I want to birth that's going to be a blessing to so many people. They're going to receive jobs. They're going to receive salvation through your business. But I have to allow you to walk through this pain and experience this pain. Jesus wasn't exempt from pain. So to say, how can this catch God by surprise? He knew Jesus was going to walk through some pain, and none of us have faced that type of pain. The pain that he endured, he didn't even take the pain away from his son. His own son had to experience the pain. So why do we think we're any different? Why do we think we can avoid the pain? He uses the pain to prepare us. We just have to say, God, I know it may be difficult. I know this is taking everything inside of me, but let this pain produce something great in my future. And I'm telling you, when you change your perspective and stop complaining and stop trying to run from it and just embrace it, God will birth something beautiful, something far greater than you can ever, ever imagine. I love Elder Tony's story because he, like he said, he never would have thought that he would be, have his own practice as a CPA. But guess what? God used a painful situation to birth something beautiful. And I'm sure we could go around the room and there are situations that were, seem extremely painful, but God used it to birth something beautiful. He wants to prepare you. So the pain that you feel right now in development is he's trying to birth something beautiful, and it's already inside of you. He just needs it to come to maturity. So that's why you can start off on the right course but end up not making it all the way through because it's not birthed to maturity. He's trying to birth something to maturity. And I want to encourage you with this last thing. For everything that we talked about today, from the beginning of this series, how do we overcome the pressures of sin? How do we overcome the pressures of family drama? How do we overcome the pressure of raising kids? How do we come to overcome the self-pressure? It's by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit doesn't breathe on us, we won't make it through. The encouragement that I have for you, you say, oh, pastor, I feel like I got a long way to go. Don't feel like that. Feel like I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, and I will overcome. Because you need the Holy Spirit to breathe on you. Without the Holy Spirit, it's impossible, y'all. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to breathe on us, to encourage us, to strengthen us. And when you know that the Holy Spirit is with you, inside of you, leading you, guiding you, guess what? There is nothing that you feel like you cannot conquer. There's nothing that you feel like you cannot overcome, but you need to know that where your strength comes from is in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's why every day I wake up, I say, God, lead me by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to me clearly today because I need you.
I desperately, y'all, I desperately need the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. I need the Holy Spirit. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. I need the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me, even in areas where I think I know what to do. That's when I need him the most. (laughs) It's Holy Spirit, I need you. So the encouragement that I have for you today, how to overcome self-pressure, tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. The pressure that you feel, Holy Spirit, help me with this pressure that I feel. Help me to overcome. Sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to help us overcome ourselves. Holy Spirit, help me to overcome myself. Help me to overcome and get out of my own way because I'm the one that's tripping me up. It ain't the devil. It's me. But Holy Spirit, give me the strength. Give me the power. Give me the wisdom to overcome because I know there's something great inside of me that you're trying to birth into maturity, and I want to see it in fruition. Amen? Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. So if you have one takeaway from this message today, it says, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come on, let's out of our own mouths. Just lift your hands and just begin to tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I'm desperate for you. I can't do nothing without you, Holy Spirit. I don't want to make any decisions without you. Oh, I thank you for your leading, Holy Spirit. I thank you for your encouragement, for your strength. I thank you that you're breathing new life over me. In areas that I feel are defeated or areas where I battle insecurities or areas where I've allowed doubt and fear to come in. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're breathing a fresh wind, a fresh wind, a fresh perspective, that I take a new grip by the strength and power of the Holy Spirit to overcome to continue to move forward. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us all. And as we continue to draw near to you and build a hunger for you, that you will draw near to us. Oh, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Breathe on us this morning. Strengthen us this morning. If you need strength, from the Holy Spirit, just receive it right now in this moment. If you need the Holy Spirit to breathe on you, just allow him to breathe fresh breath into you right now. If you're tired and weary, receive fresh strength from the Holy Spirit right now. Thank you that you're shifting our perspective to see things like you see things, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can keep your head bowed and your eyes closed, and I just want to give one final invitation. That's for anyone that's away from the Lord. You know, we're talking about the pressure of self, but you want to come into right relationship with the Lord this morning. I want to give you that opportunity. This is a moment between you and God. You know if you've been away from God or not. Maybe you're in the room or you're watching online and you want to come into right relationship with God. I want to pray with you. And if you're in the room with no one looking around, I just want you to lift your hand just to acknowledge between you and God that you say, God, I need you. I need your saving power to work in my life. If you need to be in right relationship with God and you're in this room, just lift your hand all over the room. I want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. I'm asking everyone just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that in this moment, that I surrender my life to you. I receive your forgiveness, and I thank you for your mercy and grace. I thank you, Jesus, that your blood, that is cleansing me, is purifying me, is sanctifying me, and making me whole. I thank you for this moment. I honor you with my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand cup of praise for those that made a decision to follow the Lord. And if you're watching online and you made that decision, just let us know by uh, dropping a comment in the comment section, or you can actually email uh, info at newlifemobile.org. Let us know what the Lord did in your heart in this moment. We'd love to reach out with you, pray with you, connect with you uh, if you're watching online as well and made that decision. Also, if you're in the room, uh, and there's a, in the seat back in front of you, there's a connect card. On one side it says, uh, let's connect. On the back it says, I made a decision. 
fill that card out. You could drop it in the offering bucket during offering time, and we would love to connect with you as well. Amen. Amen. Well, I just have a few more announcements, and then uh, you guys online, you could be dismissed. This Wednesday at 6.30, we have prayer. We talked about spiritual endurance. Come build your spiritual endurance and your hunger for God in his presence this Wednesday with us at 6.30. It's only one hour. We'll worship. We'll pray. We'll get a focus, and then we'll just uh, go into the presence of the Lord and allow him to do what he wants to do. That's this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. You all are invited to that. And also, uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to give uh, today, but also we're going to pray for the finances for the month of May. Uh, I know this is the first Sunday of the month. Also, we do communion, and we bless the finances uh, for the month of May as well. So if you're watching online and you want to give, there's a couple ways that you could do that. Uh, you could go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org, or you could download our app, and you could give on the app as well. So we're going to pray for the, uh, the finances for the month of May and then you guys online are dismissed. Lord, I thank you right now for our finances, Lord God. I thank you right now for everything that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for our jobs. Lord, for the ability to work. And I pray that you would give us a strong work ethic, Lord God, that we would work hard and be great stewards over the resources that you've given us. And I pray for this month, May, Lord God, that this will be the greatest month financially that we ever have. I pray that as we put seed in the ground, as we put our tithe in the ground, Lord God, that you would bless every dimension of our lives, Lord God, that every dimension of our life will prosper and overflow with joy. And I thank you for it right now, Lord God, that there will be no lack, there will be no, no needs, Lord God, that every need will be met. And I thank you for an overflow, Lord God, of our resources of health over every dimension of our life for this month of May in our finances. And I thank you for it right now. Bless our finances as we give today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, I want to invite you guys out uh, to Wednesday night prayer at 630 if you're watching online. And also, come join us in person. Maybe you've been watching online for a couple of times, a few weeks, or whatever the case may be. But come join us in the sanctuary with us next Sunday at 10 a.m. We would love to uh, be in here with you for Mother's Day. Uh, it's going to be a great day. We're going to have a, a special uh uh, treat for the mothers on Mother's Day as well. So come join us. We'd love to see you with us this Sunday uh, at 10 a.m. But you guys have a great rest of the day. We love y'all. Have a great, great Sunday. Amen. Amen. So we'll invite our elders down and you guys, you can stand to your feet. We're going to play.